Alright, now we have the, the woman, the myth, the legend, uh, Pome Harrison, but uh, she's got quite the video before that gets going. What you need to know about Poem Harrison. The first time I ever heard her sing, I couldn't believe it. I didn't even know. She's got a beautiful voice. Something really weird about Poem is that after every time she brushes her teeth, she always has to make herself gag, and it's the weirdest thing. What you need to know about Poem is she's super sweet and wise beyond her years, but I've also witnessed her eating mac cheese with her fingers straight out of the pot. Give it up for Poem. Give it up for Poem Harrison. That's really embarrassing. All right, hey guys, so my name's Poem Harrison. Um, I'm really excited to be here today. But before I dive in, um, how many of you guys had a diary growing up? And I wrote like some juicy, cringy secrets in there, and it's your lucky today because I'm gonna read it to you. Uh, so, in this specific entry, I was 12 years old, just keep that in mind. Um, and I was also very dramatic, so here we go. Okay, all right. Just came back from camp and decided to not like Judah anymore because instead, I am absolutely in love, no doubt in love, with Anthony Van Hooser. Why? I don't know, I just really like him. He was working MCYC this summer and I couldn't unglue my eyes off of him. But on the other hand, mom, me, Noah, and Valor are driving to Texas tomorrow and mom and dad are putting big dreadlocks on me, telling me I shouldn't have watched TV today while all my clothes were in the washer. Which, by the way, my mom gave me permission to. Plus, I just came back from camp on Friday and was at our church camp out this weekend. Two sleepovers this weekend, Anna and Tano. Long nights from camp and sleepovers. What do they expect me to be? Cheery, awake, and happy? Not at all. <laughs> Anyways, I really hate to leave Anthony. I don't think he likes me, but still, I just want to be around him all the time. Kiss to all, poem Deanne Harrison. Thank you. Yep. So, while it is very funny and it sounded like I'm a pretty dramatic B-word of a 12-year-old, which I might have been, um, there's actually a lot more going on behind that. I was very, very fearful in that time of my life. Um, and about four months from that uh, day, I would be receiving my sister from China. And, um, I was scared because before she came, I was the only girl. I was a middle child. I was my daddy's princess. I um, had all the attention in the world. And I thought that as soon as she got here, it would all go away. That my parents would love me less. Um, that my place in the family would change or shift. And I was just really, really scared of that. Um, so I tried to be dramatic and I tried to have all of these like crazy situations going on because I didn't want to face that fear. Um, that I had about Channing. That's her name, I don't know if I said that. Um, anyways, so that's kind of what I, what I want to talk with you guys about tonight is just this like idea of lies and how we buy into these lies. Like we believe these lies. I believed that Channing was, was um, gonna be, was gonna enter into our family and ruin it, you know? Um, and so there's two main lies that I believed. And the first lie was that you have to live up to some image. 
and that the world expects you to be this image and the only way you can reach this image is if you, every decision you make um, is like slanted to this image, right? So like that would include like the clothes you wear, the brands you wear, the outfits you put together and whether or not you're getting complimented on them. Um, that would be like your hair, making sure you don't have a bad hair day or your makeup, you know, all of that triggered to have it being this image. And I, d I played that game for about three years. Um, and I, there's also a huge thing that I don't think a lot of people maybe realize, but um, this idea that like to be this image, you have to hang out with a certain group of people. So I was in the top group of the friend group, I guess, I don't know if I still am, but, um, and that group of people is actually pretty toxic. It was very like fighting, um, to be like the number one, like the one, you know, like you're fighting to be the funniest, you're fighting to be the prettiest, you're fighting to be um, the top of the group. And anytime they would hang out, it was always like that. And it was just super um, tiring to be living in that. And so this year, I decided to kind of step away. And um, I found these, this group of outsiders who uh, never really are looked at, and they're never considered the cool people. But um, as soon as I started hanging out with these people, they, I realized that they, they loved each other so much. You didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to do anything for it. All you had to do is just love them. They loved you. And it was crazy. And I realized that this, this whole image thing is so stupid because if we are made in the image of God, and we are, if we are made in the image of God, then who could make or break that image? Because they never had it in the first place. If we were made in the image of God, who could make it and who could break it? No one. Um, and so the second lie that I believed in, and this one is a little more recent, is um, this lie that I am a failure. I never really had that problem until this year, but um, I know that a lot of people can relate to that. Um, so believe it or not, uh, I cheated on my AP Bio final test, and I got caught. And um, it didn't, it wrecked me a lot, but it didn't wreck me because I got a zero on my test. It wrecked me because I ruined my relationship with my teacher. I remember her looking at me and just tears filled her eyes and my heart just, I felt like my heart was like ripped out of me because I would failed her. Um, and that feeling trickled into every other commitment that I had. So I, actually during that time too, I had a leadership teacher who was a huge, important, impactful person in my life. He really was the one that championed me and rose me to become this confident leader that I was. Um, and he ended up leaving. And there was no goodbye, there was no explanation. He was just gone, and I've never seen him since. And that was really hard for me. And um, so my heart for leadership class was gone. I didn't care about that. I didn't care about class board. I didn't care about um, going to it, or I didn't care about my class advisor. I didn't care about my leadership teacher that was left there. Um, I didn't care about EDGE. I only came because I had to. I didn't care about SLT, and um, I felt like I'd failed all these people, all these mentors, and I felt like I'd failed Richie and God, and I felt like all this weight was just, like all this on top of me, it was all my fault. 
and there's nothing I could do. It was on me. It was on me. And um, I remember this night at Edge. It was a great set list. I loved it. I wanted to sing all the songs so badly, um, but I couldn't. My body was completely paralyzed. I couldn't sing. All I could do was cry. And I felt so alone because because no one came, no one prayed for me. I'm not mad at you guys, don't worry. But um, it was the first time that's ever happened to me. And I remember that was the moment where I realized that I was screwed up. That I, I was just a mess. That all of these areas of my life I'd quit on and I wasn't me anymore. Um, and I was believing this lie that I was a failure. And the redeeming piece of this was that Richie came up to me um, not long after that night, and he just was like, hey, where are you? Like, I love you. Like, what's going on? And it was the first time that any of these mentors had, like, reached out to me. And that's all, that's all I needed. And he came up to me with love instead of anger. You know, he wasn't mad at me. He was just loved me and missed me. And the light turned on, and I realized that I was not failing him. I was not failing my class board or my leadership class or edge. I was failing myself. I was holding my back, holding myself back from all these opportunities that I could have had just because I believed this stupid lie that I was a failure. I saw how Satan had taken my um, my strength of being a confident leader and he had turned it into my weakness. Um, in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, it says that, hold on. It says, for I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. And like talking about speaking in tongue, that's a whole other story. But basically, like if you're in this huge, in, in, uh, intense, and very active uh, situation with God, and you're praying, and it's like a really good time, your, your mind is still unfruitful. It is very deceitful, and I think a lot of you know that. Your mind is dangerous. It can bring you to places that you don't want to be, and you never would choose to be, um, which I believe is where Satan attacks you. And I believe that's where he, he targets you, and he knew that I felt like I was a strong leader, and so he told me that I wasn't, and I believed it. Um, and so, to finish this up, I don't have time to read it to you guys, my, um, my next diary entry, but I'll tell you guys about it. It was the night that I got chaining. And in that entry, I write about how she's perfect, and how as soon as I saw her, I loved her, and she loved me, and there was nothing that could pull that relationship away. Um, and that's the thing, is that that was the truth, and I should have trusted God, I should have known that, but Satan knew that Channing was going to be perfect, and so he manipulated that situation. Um, but I want to leave you guys with two things. And the first thing is that I want you guys to identify those lies in your life. Because it's not fun living in lies, and I don't want anyone to do that. So and identify those places in your life where you're buying into lies, and where you are hurting because of those lies. And then to not only identify them, but to ask God for truth. Like, what, is, what does he have to say about it? You know, like we talk about listening prayers all the time. What does he have to say about it? So you ask God. And then, um, like you guys have heard, like where your heart 
uh, your words are the overflow of your heart, right? So like fill your heart with truth so that your words can speak truth. And that's the second thing I want to get at is that speak truth into other people's lives. You know, we're not, I'm not the only person hurting. Ever, everyone has lies that they're believing. So um, after you receive that truth from God, speak it into other people's lives and, and change other people's lives through that. And I think a good way, a good place you could do that too is um, here in this room. I think that when we're worshiping and the Holy Spirit is very active in this room, it's a perfect time to just stand there and say, God, who do you want to talk to and what do you want to say? And I think you'll also find if you do that, it's in that act of obedience, you will be, your relationship with God will skyrocket and you will find a lot of success and a lot of fun times with Jesus. So thank you guys. I love you. It's been an honor. Good job, kiddo. That was awesome. Oh my gosh, seriously. You are amazing. I'm so proud of you. You know what I love about Poem? So I love. Everybody, um, everybody knows Noah, right? Noah's the great worship leader, blah, 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 blah. Um, which I love Noah, he's a man. But, <laughs> at Noah Harrison music. Um, but Poem, what I got to, so I knew Noah just uh, before when I was at Shelby, what I got to know through Poem this year. Um, and it's cool even seeing this come full circle, like you too, Lily. It's like, there's greatness inside of you. Like, even just the way I'm sitting back there and you're like, you're speaking with power and like, you're leading people to Jesus. And I just love that you've been able to find who you are as a leader and make your own individual impact on this community. And um, I just think you're incredible and I'm proud of you. And I'm like, you guys, Jared, Lily, Poem, like you guys can't be replaced. Like this place will be different forever because you are leaving. Um, but know that you guys made an impact that's going to last far greater than you can ever imagine. Um, so I love you. I'm proud of you. Give it up for them one more time, guys. Uh, band can make their way, their way on up here. But uh, I was sitting over there trying to think of um, something to just encourage you guys with or, or maybe what God's, God might be speaking to you. Um, you know, Lily, she talked about choosing joy, right? Maybe some of you guys got to do that. Maybe some of you have been what she was praying about, like feeling depressed, feeling low, feeling down. Maybe the Lord's inviting you. Uh, to bring that, that hurt to him and choose joy through that. For Jared, I just love the story because he lived it. He lived a life that was forgiven by Jesus and then changed from that. And I think times like, and I've known Jared and Jared knows this too, but like there's been times even in his journey where like if it was like two steps forward, one step back. But that forgiveness and understanding the forgiveness and choosing him in the midst of it is what led him to really that life change. So maybe there's some of you in here who have known Jesus and you know what he's like, but you know there's things in your life that are out of line. Maybe he's inviting you tonight to change that. Her poem, I mean, I love that. Maybe we all deal with lies. What's funny is poem is sitting here, 18, right? 17, 18? 18, saying that she's uh, feeling lies. The, the first lie is she's got to live up to some image. The second lie is that she's a failure. I'm 26 and I still deal with both of those lies. And so, but what I've learned through all three of these stories and you guys and looking at your life is whether it's Poem, Lily, or Jared, all three of them have had moments where they're absolutely on fire for Jesus. Where they're going after it, they're following him, they're, they're, they're growing with him, they're hungry for growth, they're making choices towards him. But then all three of them also have these interesting parts in their story where a valley came along. There's a bump in the road. 
Something didn't go exactly how it was supposed to go. That the plan they had in their mind didn't play out exactly how they thought it would. That happens to all of us. And so maybe you're going through something like that right now, or maybe this year was that for you. I mean, even sitting with Lily and Poem at uh, Desert Oasis this week, like they were both finally so honest and open about what had gone on. And we were texting in a group chat after, and they were just like freaking out because of how much God moved in that, just in that coffee shop because of the honesty. And what I love is that like, even though there was a bump in the road, even though there was a valley, even though senior year didn't go exactly how I thought it would, here they are still choosing him in the midst of it. And so I don't know where you're at, but what I do know is you can't always control life circumstances. But you can control how you choose him and worship him in the midst of every circumstance. That that's actually a choice up to you. And there's moments that feel heavy. There's moments that are hard. But he always gives us the choice to worship and choose him. And I think the reason the three of them are standing up here right now and being able to talk and speak from experience is because they learned that, that Jesus wasn't just about mountaintops. He was also in the middle of the valleys. And when I discovered him, I chose him and it strengthened my walk with him like I never, I never thought it would. And um, Lily mentioned, you know, today was the last day, um, you know, we, for Shelby, for the campus. And we're merging back with Troy, CT, and Orient starting this weekend. There's a lot of people in this room that that affects emotionally. Me being one of them. I feel like I'm all teared out, to be honest with you. Like, I feel like I've cried way too much. I don't even have, like, emotions left for it. Because it was so special. Like, it really was. But Josh Jackson said something during worship at the end at Shelby. And they were at her house. And I, I was reading a quote out of this book. And this guy talked about uh, his mom dying. And when his mom died, he woke his brother up. And he woke his brother up um, because he, he said that, there, that in that moment, there was never going to be another opportunity to worship Jesus in that moment. And so because of that, we're going to choose to exalt you. We're going to choose to worship you. And listen, life sucks sometimes. Like, it's not always good. It's hard to choose joy. But don't. It's so low in the dirt, in the muck, in the messiness that you forget that he's still there with you. Like he is. Like that's the story of my life. That's the story of their lives. That's the story of all our lives. That through everything that's gone on, he's with us. And I promise you this, that if tonight, if you're sitting in, I do actually, I promise you this, that if you're sitting here right now and you're like, oh, I feel distant from him. I'm feeling a little frustrated how things are going. Or maybe you're not, maybe you're not in that. But here's what I know, that if you choose to worship him as we jump into this, if you choose to choose him, he's going to respond back to you. He's with you. He's in the midst of it. You get the choice to worship him. And you'll never get another chance to worship him in this moment like you do right now. And so that is what I want to invite you guys into. That you underclassmen, that you're looking at them, and hopefully I'll get up here and get my last words. Let me tell you, if you haven't hit a valley yet, you're going to hit it. But the reason you get through it is because you choose him in the middle of it. And if you learn to do that, you will stand firm here when senior year rolls around and you're ready to go off to college or whatever next phase of life. So with that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm just going to invite you guys. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to move around, come down front. Do whatever you need to do. But let it be an active choice to worship him tonight. And choose him despite anything going on. So Jesus...
we just acknowledge your presence with us right now. God, we acknowledge that you're here. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and meet us wherever we're at. I love that, that you, you desire to meet this whole room of people, but you're going to meet us individually how we need it. And so, God, I just ask that you would do that, that you would send your spirit right now to open our hearts, open our eyes, open our minds, to know you more. God, I pray for the people that, are, that, that, that life is going amazing, God, where they just get to experience the joy of you even more, where they get to experience who you are even more as Father. And I pray the people that are maybe walking through a tough time, God, would you be in the middle of that? So Jesus, we ask that you would come. We just invite you to move however you need to move. Can we leave here tonight knowing you in a different way than when we walked in? We love you, Jesus. It's your name we pray. Amen.